Oh, yeah, there's a massive basketball game this weekend against the Brown Bears. But, hey, first, we got to talk about the transfer portal, all things recruiting with managing editor of Spartans Illustrated, Ryan O'Blenis. Let's get to it. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday night, happy Friday morning, or happy weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, hey, happy whatever time of day it is. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for kicking off your weekend with us here at Locked On Spartans. Your team every single day. If you have any questions, want to reach out, want to make fun of all the hats that I wear to hide up this horrible hairline that I have, hey, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. But hey, it's not just me, the show. This is very exciting. Segments one and two, we're going to be doing all football transfer and recruiting talk with the one, the only, Ryan O'Blenis of Spartans Illustrated. Ryan, how on earth are you doing over there, man? I'm good. It's been a kind of whirlwind making this transition over there, but uh, sure, it, it, you know, it's, it's going well so far. And it's also a whirlwind, too, because we are less than two weeks away from early signing day kicking off. December 21st is that big date. We also got a big weekend here, Ryan. Uh, let me just bang out the list of confirmed visitors that we have in front of us for the football team this weekend. We have Jalen Barbarin, three-star athlete from the great state of California. Walter Samuel, who is a two-lane commit, speedster, running back, three-star kid. Sean Brown, three-star defensive back. He is an Arizona Wildcat commit right now. Adam Mola, filet. Norfolk State uh, may or may not be visiting. We'll get back to him later this conversation. Sam Leavitt, talked about him yesterday. Three-star Washington State quarterback commit, trying to flip him. But the big visitors, I got two names written down. Keyshawn Blackstone, he is, I'm sorry, Keyshawn Blackstock. Keyshawn Blackstock, junior college transfer out of the state of Georgia, the number one junior college offensive line and Tumache Adelaide, we've talked up and down about him all week long. He is the former top 40 recruit, transfers from Texas A&M. We'll see what Michigan State can do here. But, hey, what sticks out to you the most about that whole list of names? How should we be feeling as Spartan fans, Brian? Yeah, it's a, it's a big weekend with, you know, as you mentioned, signing day just a couple weeks away. It's going to be important to, you know, obviously have a good visit for these guys and and try to – get them to sign with, you know, a, a smaller class right now that they're trying to fill out. I think that, you know, you look at a guy like Barberin and leave it, uh, you know, those, those are the, probably the two interesting names as far as mm-hmm. the, the high school recruiting goes. And then the, you know, the transfers with, with Blackstock and uh, Tumise. And, you know, those are, those are two big uh, names that if Michigan State can attract them to the program, know that they can be different difference makers right away or at least you know be part of a, a strong rotation so uh you know i think sean brown's an interesting one he you know he's kind of an athlete they can play both sides of the ball michigan state is recruiting him to be a defensive back as far as i know um and you know all of uh, all of the names this week this weekend are uh, ones to watch especially with how close we're getting and so going back to, you know, Sean Brown, three-star defensive back commit from Arizona, six foot three kid. I mean, he is listed as an athlete on a lot of sites out there, so he could play 
a variety of positions, no doubt about that. But you mentioned something before we were recording about a potential relationship with someone else that is visiting this weekend in Jalen Barberin. What insight do you got for us there with those two kids? Yeah, so those two are best friends. Uh, and you know, that, and they're, they're doesn't hair. hurt. <laughs> also, another interesting wrinkle is that uh, Barberin visited Washington State last week with with Levi. You know, he's ah. he to Washington State commit. So those two have already been talking, and uh, you know they they uh, knew they were going to take this Michigan State visit together too. So I think all three of them could end up being pretty close out there from the West Coast and. You know, if, they, if one of them is feeling Michigan State and the other two want to go with them, I don't, I don't see that as any kind of disadvantage. I think that's a good thing. Um, so that's definitely an aspect of this to watch as well. And you know what? Let's go right to that Sam Leva conversation right there. Talked up and down about him in the third segment of yesterday's show. Jay Johnson visits him last week. And now, hey, well, this Washington State commit is visiting East Lansing this weekend coming up. But a lot of people want Dante Moore, you know, obviously five-star kid, local kid, Detroit kid, everything like that. And yes, I'm sure that still is the crown jewel that you're going after. But how do you read this whole situation? Do you think this is kind of a signal that maybe the Dante Moore ship has kind of sailed, so to speak? Or do you think that there's a window for opportunity there? I think it's smart, um, you know, Jay Johnson and Michigan State's part. To, um, you know, I know that they've been building up to this relationship with Leva for a while and they yeah. just now offered, but... Um, you know, I don't think he should be looked up, looked at as a backup plan per se. I think that, you know, he, he's a kid that they're really high on with more. I, I haven't personally heard anything that would make me think that he's, um, you know, con- considering going to Michigan State. He still hasn't been confirmed to visit or right. rumored to visit. Um, you know, I think that the, the odds of that are very low. Dan Lanning came out from Oregon uh, to Detroit recently spent time with him. They posted a picture holding up the O. Um, you know, he seems, I don't know for sure, but he seems pretty locked into Oregon for me, even even with, uh, you know, Kenny Dillingham leaving there, which was his primary recruiter, and he was close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that unless something changes, you know, I don't I don't see more coming to Michigan State. And I think that, you know, leave it was, was kind of an under-the-radar player that Johnson and the staff found who could end up being, you know, pretty – pretty dang good so i don't necessarily think that it rules more out uh, i've heard that tucker is visiting him soon uh, okay i haven't been able to confirm if or when that's happened yet but uh that's what i've heard and i know that you know that they're still going to not completely give up on him but you know as of right now i'd be pretty shocked if more ended up being a spartan so let's just talk ourselves and it doesn't take a lot to talk yourself into Sam Levitt if you've watched his film by any chance. Um, I don't know if you've got a chance to, to do so, Ryan. I watched a little bit last night. and Okay, yeah, you can see why a lot of schools are starting to get interested in Sam Levitt. But in your opinion, and I, I hate to do this, you know, count your chickens before they even hatch. Like the kid is still committed to Washington State. It is not a foregone conclusion he will commit to Michigan State. But hey, for the sake of conversation, what, what is it that you like most about Sam Levitt's film and prospect, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, I think the the thing that jumps out is that he's very athletic. He can move around in the yeah. back and he can take off with the ball when he needs it. But also when he's moving and when he's throwing the ball on the run, he's still throwing the frozen ropes. I mean, he just has some right. incredible zip <laughs> on the ball. And, you know, it, it, it's high school in Oregon. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with how heavy the competition level is there. But, um, you know, just it's clear that he's, you know, pretty much the best player on, on the field and, and his highlights. And, 
Um, you know, I think that he's excited, you know, an exciting player that can make a lot of things happen with both, both his arms and legs. Uh, you know, I had to dive into it a little bit deeper, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, he definitely could be a difference maker eventually for this team. You know, obviously there's going to be some guys ahead of him for a while. If he did, did end up coming to Michigan state, um, you know, whether that be Peyton Thor next year, or Kaden Hauser, or even Noah Kim, or <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> entirely different conversation, but I think that you know <laughs> what I've seen from Leavitt is that he looks like he has a lot of natural ability that can be developed. And you know, say what you want about Jay Johnson as a play caller, but I think he is, you know, a, has a pretty good track record as a a developer. Yeah. So, you know, I I definitely don't think that uh you know leave it should be ranked as low as he is he you know he doesn't have a lot of offers but at the same time maybe you know he was just one of those late risers and yeah see what happens in the future with him and jay johnson's just got a great eye for talent as well like he has been on leave it very early on in his career and all that he's done is just shot up these recruiting boards no matter what site you look at i mean it seems to be that the sam leave kid is climbing higher and higher. Um, there, there's one more commit, or not commit, or target, I should say, that I want to get to in a hot second. And he's committing somewhere on December 15th. We're talking about Samson Okunlola, but there is a transfer tie-in here that Spartan fans may or may not know about. That's what we call a cliffhanger, Ryan. That's right. We call that a tease in the podcast industry. We'll get to that in a hot segment first. I just have to talk everyone's ear off about bet online if you're like me and you got the world cup fever you watch soccer once every four years and you just cannot wait to get some wagering action on it for this weekend hey betonline.net is where i've been doing it it's where you should be doing it as well or hey if you're feeling good about the michigan state spartan versus brown bears basketball game this saturday do so at betonline.net we're talking about the number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds trends Everything that you need for professional and amateur leagues out there, from football to basketball to soccer, and yes, even esports. Oh, yeah, they got you covered at betonline.net. And hey, if you love sports podcasts, which I'm going to just fetch a guess that you do since you're listening to this right now, hey, I got good news. You can find even more of those at Bet Online as well. We are the fastest and easiest way to get in on all the sports betting action. So, what are you waiting for? Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That is that bet online where the game starts. And let's start the second segment of Locked on Spartans here with Rhino Blennis, managing editor of Spartans Illustrated, with a little crossover between recruiting and transfer portal action here. Samson Okalola, you probably already know his name, everyone. He is a top three offensive tackle prospect in the, st- in, in the class of 2023. He's going to be committing somewhere. December 15th, he has taken an official visit this weekend to Florida. It's been a while since he's been to Michigan State. However, here's the transfer tie-in. The name that I probably butchered earlier uh, when I was going through all the visitors. Adamola Filet. Yes, that is a Norfolk State tight end transfer. He had something like five catches or four catches for 55 yards and one touchdown this year for Norfolk State. Why is MSU offering him? Why are they bringing him on campus? Well, it's because he is Samson Okunlola's cousin. This is clearly a play to try to sweeten the deal for Samson Okunlola. Ryan, how do you dissect this whole situation of bringing a FCS level, not really starting caliber tight end here, just to try to get this five-star kid as a freshman? I, I, 
I don't hate it, but I want your thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's what they're doing here, I can't really fault them. But at, at the same time, I don't I don't think that Oakland Lowe is going to pick Michigan State. It seems like he's trending away. So, gotcha. I mean, maybe there is legitimate interest in a Pele, but it's, you know, he, as you mentioned, he wasn't very, he wasn't highly productive at Norfolk State, but it doesn't necessarily mean you know, he can't be developed into something, but, it, you know. It, it, maybe he was misused. Right. Yeah, yeah, maybe he was underutilized. There we go. I don't know too much about Norfolk State football, but it could be. No. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I haven't been able to confirm that he's visiting. Um, you know, he's been he, he's yep. one of the few that have said that they have a public offer from Michigan State, so that could be coming, but I'm not sure about that. Um with that said, you know, it, it, it will be interesting to see what happens with Oakland Lowell because, you know, he can, he's pretty much got any suitor that he wants after him and he's got his options open and he's been one of the quieter recruits to follow. Um, you know, he doesn't talk a lot about it publicly. So I'm a little bit right. interested to see, uh, you know, where he ends up. But, you know, at this point, I'd be very surprised if that ended up being Michigan State. I think Filet is almost like the canary in the coal mine here for this whole saga, at least from a Michigan State side. Because, like, yeah, you, you said, too, like, it's not a for sure if Filet is visiting. Like, there have been reports that he is. But if we get out of this weekend and, oh, he never even showed up, okay, I, I think that means that Samsung thing is, is officially gone. You know, like, I think that that, that dream is out the window. Because, look, I, I, I'm sure the staff – Look, we could have an adult conversation about this. I'm sure Flay's a great kid, good player. Hope he finds a great spot. But look, I don't think the staff would be all thrilled to have this tight end that odds are won't have a high production year for Michigan State next year commit on campus and take up one of the eight spots that Michigan State has all for Samson not to even consider Michigan State. Like I, So long story short, if Flay doesn't come this weekend, then I – Samson ain't coming either for sure. That brings the percent chance of like 10% down to probably 0.10% in my opinion. I, that, that's just how I read it. I don't know if you've got the same vibe or not. Logic makes sense to me. Yeah, I know. Cause, yeah, because look, it, it's not like they have a lot of openings right here. You only have eight spots, and that could be divvied up between transfers that you bring in or new additions to the 2023 class. And that's kind of where I want to shift the conversation right now is – Transfer portal is a buzzing in college football. Over 1,000 players have entered their name. This is a bustling business going on. But, yeah, guys have left Michigan State, but it hasn't been an overwhelming number. And that's why Michigan State can only take on eight more kids. Do you find that surprising that it's kind of been, in comparison to other schools, this quiet for Michigan State so far? I do, yeah. I expected a few more names by now, but it, it's also possible too. You know, it's a, obviously it's a little bit different this year with the transfer portal windows. There could be yep. kids who, who want to stick it out now until spring, and then see how that goes, and then uh, you know enter the portal. Or there, there probably will still be a couple before then that end up in the portal too. But yeah, as of now, I mean, there have not been many, and you know, two two of the the players, Terry Lockett. Um, you know, he left the program a while ago, and I also was able to confirm that uh, Kobe Myers hasn't been with the team for most of the fall either. Okay. So when he entered the portal, um, you know, he technically already wasn't part of the team, and obviously same with Lockett. And then, you know, uh, Jack Stone, he he announced um, a little bit earlier than the, the portal window opening, so that one wasn't surprising. Um, you know, Michael Fletcher, 
Chase Carter, Deshaun Mallory, Jalen Hunt all on the, the defensive line. Uh, you know, that that's kind of a lot of guys there that are, uh, that, you know, depth pieces. But at right. the same time, at the same time, though, you know, I, I think a Michigan State can add one or one or even two uh, defensive linemen from the portal. And then you have a pretty strong defensive line class coming in for from uh, the high school ranks. Yep. I think they're they're going to be mostly fine there. I think Hunt, Hunt and Mallory were guys that ended up getting a lot of playing time this year, uh, but that was mostly due to injuries, and, and they had to play out of position at defensive end a lot. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Fletcher was also another guy who was getting a lot of playing time toward the end of the year due to the injuries. So, you know, when you have guys with experience, it's always nice for them to come back and, you know, at least provide depth or, or try to work their way into the rotation. But, um, you know, so far – from an on-the-field standpoint, there hasn't been a ton of production loss um, of those who entered the portal. Like I said, I'm sure that there will be more, and I'm sure that um, you know that the players who have entered will be missed. Like I said, Fletcher and Mallory and, and Hunt and those mm-hmm. guys all have significant playing time, so that's not a, a non-zero factor, but it's right. You know, it is what it is. Totally. And you know what? We'll we'll wrap up the conversation here. And it is the season, Ryan. It is holiday season, season of giving, season of wishing. On top of your wish list for this transfer portal cycle, uh, what do you want to see Michigan State fill out? I guess top position group that you want to see just them hit a home run in for this transfer portal window. Is it that defensive line that you're talking about or do you go somewhere else here for your wish list? I think if they're they're able to to land uh, to me say that'd be huge on the defensive line, but I think also the offensive line need you know could could definitely be upgraded at least from a competition standpoint and rotation standpoint. I I actually think that you know the projected starters for next year's rotation aren't you know that's that's a solid group. They it, there can definitely yeah. be uh, competition added and and you know upgrades there, but uh, you know I think that they have solid players there. They just need to build build some depth i think that um i'm interested to see what happens at running back i think that barberin totally. yeah you know I, I feel like barberin is definitely a, a candidate to end up committing to michigan state i don't know for sure um hedrick riskino is not ruled out yet right and so if they end up with two running backs in the class especially those two then i don't think they'll go looking in the portal if they end up with just one, then I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a portal back come in, especially because Jared Broussard is going to the dread. We don't know what's happening with Elijah Collins, if he's coming back or not. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and, you know, possibly wide receiver could be another, you know, that that's still a pretty deep group in my opinion, but um, you know, when you're, you're losing Jaden Reed. Uh, so, you know, you could be looking for an immediate replacement there, or you can see what you got in your younger guys going into the year. Um, you know, I think, Defensive back is, is always an area that uh, Michigan State's going to need an upgrade at, and based on how, uh, you know, the past defense played the last two years. So there's a lot of different areas they can go. It's very hard to predict because it's not like high school recruiting all the time where kids are going public with their offers from Michigan State. And, you know, there's a lot of buzz about it. It's a lot more secretive. Um, and so it, it's hard to say, you know, what players are interested in Michigan State and vice versa right now. But, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways we'll end up going here. No doubt. And it's going to be an exciting two weeks. And also, just like you mentioned, too, even the spring, too, because the portal window opens back up for that season as well. But, uh, hey, we got some more fun stuff to talk about. But we're going to say goodbye to Ryan here in a hot second. Thanks a ton for your time. 
generosity, your knowledge. But on the other side of this break here, yeah, basketball game this Saturday, game of the season. Let's go. Spartans versus Bears. No one's going to want to miss it. But yeah, no, uh, on a real note, we are sick enough on this show to preview a game as simple as Michigan State versus Brown. So keep it tuned next segment for that. But hey, until then, hey, Ryan, should point the other way. Ryan, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Really do appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I'll I'll actually be at that Brown game, so I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. There we go. Ryan and six other people in Breslin Center to watch the Spartans. It's going to be electric on Saturday, and we're going to preview it here in a hot second. And uh, before we get into Michigan State versus Brown, yes, that's right, the matchup we've all been waiting for this season. Before we get to that and previewing that game, let's got to talk about the Ray Guy Award. Um, if you thought that the punches in the stomach for this football season were not done, uh, hey, you know what? We, we thought that on Thursday night we could have something to at least maybe barely somewhat smile about as clearly the nation's best punter in Bryce Berenger would win the Ray Guy Award, the award for the best punter in the country. I mean, hey, he just won Big Ten Punter of the Year. He has the highest punt average by a whole two yards, which is a lot in punting stats. Uh, at least we have that to smile about. That's a negative. Uh, not even that was given to uh, state fans this football season. Uh Adam Korkrak, or whatever, however you say his name. Adam Korsak, there we go, of Rutgers. That's right, the guy who didn't even win punter of the year in his own conference because, well, our guy won it, wins nation's best punter. Uh, just a few stats for you to sit on. Uh, yards per punt, okay? Adam Korsak, 44 yards. Bryce Berenger, 49 yards. You let me know what number's better than that. And also, 50-plus yard punts. Adam Korsak, who had 70-something punts this year, 14 of those went for 50 or more yards. Bryce Berenger, 24 of those punts that went 50 yards or more. So, no, um, couldn't even smile about the silly award ceremony at the end of the season. Um, so this, this was all just, <laughs> this football season and this award show tonight <laughs> was just like, you had your worst day of all time at the office, you know? You woke up past your alarm. Okay, bad start there. Your coffee's just horrible. On your way to work, you have two flat tires. You get there, the boss just reams you out immediately, demotes you for some intern that just started two weeks ago. Oh, you get a call from your kid's school principal that they're acting up and being horrible. And oh my God, you just, everything's spiraling out of control. But at the end of the day, you just pick up your favorite pizza, you know, just to really turn the mood around. At the end of this horrible season, we just tuned into this award show. Hey, you know what? Maybe our beloved punter can win an award tonight. But no, there was a toenail in the pizza tonight. Uh, there, there was no punter of the year award. So this is truly a year. What the hell? To not even smile about for even five seconds. Oh, man. Spartans versus Bears. Basketball court. Present center, 430. Let's just talk about that because... Uh, I can only talk about football for so much longer. Um, Brown is is fine. They're fine for an Ivy League team. Uh, they are 6-4 and four on the season. But hey, folks, they are riding a five-game winning streak coming into this matchup on Saturday. However, complete opposite of Michigan State's schedule right here. Uh, this has been a opposite of a murderer's row of a schedule. 
They have only beat one top 200 rated opponent, and that would be Bryant. Yes, they took it to Bryant, beat them 72-60, to and actually... Michigan State is going to be the first team in the top 100 net rankings that Brown has faced this season. So, quite frankly, we don't know all too much about Brown. Uh, other than, well, this. Uh, I wrote down a few things they're bad at, a few things they're good at. We'll get into their starting lineup here in a hot second. But things they're bad at, I sit down for this one because this number is almost unbelievable. Uh, their, their free throw percentage, 55.8%. 55.8% on free throws. That is second worst in the nation. Yes, it is unbelievable that there's even a team that's worse than they are at free throw shooting. And it's a conference team. It's Minnesota is even somehow worse than that. But enough about the Gophers. Let's talk about the Brown Bears right now. Adjusted offensive efficiency. They are 315th in the nation. So no, they are not beating teams by uh, just barraging them with uh, three-pointers, you know, high-profile offense. No, they, they win grinders of games. They got a solid defensive efficiency, 79th in the nation. So let's go to things that they are pretty good at. Well, I'll tell you what, they're pretty, pretty good at limiting offensive rebounds. Just 18.7% of opponents' missed shots get rebounded by them, you know, because they're an offense. Folks, that 18.7% is best in the nation. They are a great team on the glass, on defense. And like I said too, 79th best defensive, sorry, defensive efficiency. Almost said defensive Close enough. Defensive efficiency in the nation. So yes, they like to grind it up, muck it up, play a filthy game. And well, it's kind of actually worked for them. Six and four record on the year so far. And shooting-wise, eh, they're, they're middle of the pack. They're like pretty much dead in the middle as far as rankings in the country, though. So, of course, now that I just said that, they will have a 49% day from three-point land at Breslin Center because we just love to jinx things like that. Uh, really quick, let's get into the lineup here. Who are their star players? One player is going to have a really familiar name for us state fans, but it's not the top guy. The top guy is Kino Lilly. Six, point, six, six foot point guard. He has 13 shots per game. So a lot of the offense runs through him. Shoots 38% from three-point land. However, a little turnover prone. 2.5 turnovers per game this season from Mr. Kino Lilly. Now the second biggest player to watch out for for Brown is Paxson Wojcik. And hey, that's right, Wojcik. Oh, that name sounds vaguely familiar. It's the son of Michigan State's assistant coach, Doug Wojcik. So, Paxson, 6'5", guard. He averages uh, 13 and 7 per game. Takes 6 threes per game, and pretty decent at it. 36% clip, and I went through his game log, and it really seems like he either has a really stellar game from three-point land, or a whatever the opposite of stellar is. So, hot and cold shooter, but nevertheless, a good portion of the offense does run through him. Now, the rest of the starting lineup, uh, Kalu Anye, 6'9", freshman, solid rebounder, we'll give him that. Malachi Ndur, he is strictly there for the cardio, I, I don't really know what he does. Uh, Aaron Cooley, another guy, you know, just good athlete, uh, rangy kid, so that's their starting lineup. Uh, six foot point guard, then six foot five, six nine, and then some other lanky kids as well, but 
there is someone on the bench we want to highlight as well. Nana Owusu Ananye. That's right, Nana Owusu Ananye. That is a fun name to say. Six foot eight forward, and he did start the first seven games for Brown this year, but has since lost his starting role. He was a little turnover prone, uh, so that might be why he had to take a back seat, but he still plays a good chunk for Brown. Averages 10 points, seven rebounds per game, so yes, no one's overly physically imposing on this Brown team, and I gotta say, when a team's star players are point guards or guards or wing players as a state fan you kind of feel good about that right because who are msu's best defensive players i think guys like tyson walker okay he should match up to keno lily just fine uh that is going to be a straight jacket matchup for mr tyson walker paxton wojcik six foot five guard okay that's the one aj hogard can handle solid defensive player even Jaden akins as well solid defensive player so with those two guys being the key to the cogs of the Brown machine, okay, you start to feel a little good about that. Now, for further assurance of this game coming up and how good you should feel about it, BartTorvik.com has this slated as a 70-57 to victory for your Michigan State Spartans. 90% chance of victory. And it'd be great to get a victory here because it is like a 10- or 11-day break in between games, and we'd like to sit on this with the victory in our mouths. So, hey... On that note, 4.30, Big Ten Network, catch the action. Or, hey, just go to Breslin Center. Tickets are available. But, hey, regardless of what you do, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for spending us spending it with us here at Locked on Spartans. You guys are all the best. Love you all. Go Green.